step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Three-time winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the music city. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny taking care of us behind the glass. And for the first time in forever, forever. we are back in studio. It is live. It has been, it's been a year, Glenn, since we've actually been in studio. I know. It's been a year too long. A calendar year. I've missed this. I've missed it so much. Well, Justin, season, not yeah. so much. I saw him plenty, oh, but Kenny, it's oh. just been too long. Miss you, you guys. Know? Miss you guys. <laughs> but Ken, we're so excited. Kenny's like, people! <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Last season, all on Zoom is how we did the show, and for we're here. Bobbleheads are surrounding us on, on the table here. It's been it's been great. Hockey season it has begun. It is upon us. It is upon us. The National Predators are opening the season against a brand new team to the league, the Seattle Kraken, on Thursday night. I and love the way you say Kraken. Kraken. The Seattle Kraken. Kraken. Sorry, the Kraken. Is that better? <laughs> yes, that's much better. <laughs> so, look, I have I have my chocolate milk from McDonald's. Yo, he, and keep him. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've never seen a baby chocolate milk from McDonald's because I don't go there. But he has a baby chocolate milk from, from McDonald's. For the Happy Meal toys because I want to get the, the, he, di- no, the Disney toys. No, but let me finish. So he comes in here and tells a story. <laughs> and he's he puts his little head down and he's like, well, I went, maybe I went to mcdonald's to get the food just to get the toys and he's holding a baby chocolate milk with a mickey mouse on it oh boy <laughs> and he just looks way too excited i'm very excited the biggest the, little kid those toys are awesome those toys are awesome oh yeah we have a wonderful pack show for the season premiere of penalty box radio scott nickel former natural predator newly appointed assistant general manager of the natural predators the general manager of the milwaukee admirals and the director of player development <gasps> For the Natural Predators will be joining us in the next segment. Then Piper Shaw of Root Sports Northwest will join us to discuss the Seattle Kraken. There. There you go. Seattle Kraken. I can do that too. Kraken. Oh, ooh, that's, that that's actually a little creepy. Yes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have our predictions for the season. And hey, may- maybe we'll open lines so you can give us your predictions for the season. It's it's a seven o'clock hour. It's yeah. early. I mean, you're we not wa- in bed. We want to know. We want to know what you're thinking already. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna do the last segment. So just be prepared. Be prepared. Okay. But the big news. Uh, obviously, was the Matthias Ekholm contract that was announced today, the day before the Predators hit the ice for the first game of the season. Matthias Ekholm signing a four-year deal worth $25 million, and that is going to be $6.25 million a year. So it expired it be- it, after this season. That's when the next contract comes in. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a. I think it's a great team friendly deal for him and for Matthias Ekholm, who has said all along he wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get it done. They've had they built their roots here and everything. He has a family, and I just they were just in different areas of their career. I think him and Philip Forsberg. When I know we'll discuss that in the future too. But Ekholm, great career here. He definitely could have gotten more in the open mark with how solid of a defenseman that he's been. And remember the trade talks that were going on last season yep, for yep. him. So he could have gotten more in the open mark, but this is a good deal. And as Adam Vingen reported, there is not a no movement or no trade clause in this contract. So 
if for some reason they need to move it, exactly. they can pretty easily. So it's 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 a good deal for both sides. He has really stepped up in his role as well as a leader. You know I love me some angry Ekholm mm-hmm. as well, but he wants he wants to get that under control. But it has been a lot of fun to see him progress from the get a dog days of Barry Trotz to yep. being a full-on leader of this team, Glenn. I, th- I appreciate it from a team perspective and just the community. He's been very vocal about wanting to stay here, raise his family, help our community grow, compete for a cup here. And I I appreciate also how he openly expressed a poil like – I don't want to negotiate this during the season. He didn't want it to become a distraction. He wanted to be 100% focused on his game, um, which I really appreciate about that approach because it showed his interest level in this team. He wanted to make sure that he was coming in 100%, and he knew that was going to be a personal distraction if it didn't. So I'm glad that it that it happened when it did, and I'm glad that it happened the way that it did. I think it turned out, like you said, it's a team-friendly deal, um, and I'm excited for him. I mean, he's 31, and a lot of people had questions of how long of a contract would you sign with this 31-year-old, but right. he's Matias Ekholm. I think we're still seeing him in his prime at 31, so I think it's a – I think it – Turned out to be a pretty good deal for the Predators. It, it absolutely did. Him. Yeah, and for him. And as I've seen some people post to, hey, Ida gets to stay here as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yep. good, to, good to keep her in the community. Once again, that community. Well. He wants to help the community grow, yeah, and she's a community. part of that. Now, on the other side, you have Philip Forsberg now is mm-hmm. the one. There's the question the thing. marks. The dist- <laughs> you talk about distraction and everything of that sort. You know, Eklund didn't want that, and Forsberg doesn't want that either. And he's addressed this question so many times as well throughout mm-hmm. training camp. Is just play through the season, see what happens. I'm sure there are going to be some discussions that will happen between David Poyle and the team and, and Forsberg's agent. But I really do think that unless they are at a – it depends on how this team progresses throughout the season mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. And that's just natural. He is, he is a goal scorer. He has – he's a star. And – he wants to win. It's, and and just keep in mind, too, it is very fair for him to want 100%. to do that. 100%. It is 100% fair for him to want to do that. So it is okay for, for them to see how it's going to progress. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, depending on the direction of the team and everything, too, we know things can turn around at a trade deadline. We saw that last season. We know <laughs> things happen are happening. You cannot let Philip Forsberg walk without something in return. You have mm-hmm. to have something in your mind of what is going to happen with him and his future as a natural predator by the trade deadline mm-hmm. or else you're going to have to make some decisions because if you let something like that walk without getting anything in return and let him go to free agency, That's a problem. that is a big problem because <laughs> yep. that means the, the, the direction the team changes as well by him leaving as his role with this team. Yep. Now it's big for him too to have a healthy season. Mm-hmm. He's been a little streaky before, and he knows that. But if he puts together a contract year type of season, he is going to command even more money than we thought, especially in the open market. Uh, he's going to command so much money. So if you get him signed sometime before the trade deadline, we'll see what happens. But that is neither here nor there because we have, we have a whole, season to, a whole season to talk about with that as well. So now the season coming up is going to be an interesting one for the National Predators. As it's been discussed multiple times. There have been some changes. We know that. Mm-hmm. Pecorine retired. Ryan Ellis shipped off. Victor Arvidsson traded away as well. There is a going to be a tremendous difference in the air about the team, and they're one of the younger teams now mm-hmm. as well, which is exciting to me to see that the team is getting younger. Is it as young as I'd like it to be? No, but they're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're not def- the fourth oldest now. They're, they're the- <laughs> right. They're at least in the the bottom. They're in the, the bottom ten in, the in terms of 10. young. Yeah, yeah, in, in terms of age. Sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are one of the youngest teams out there, and you have Philip Tomasino, Glass on the team, Tolvanen. 
I mean, you, you have some youth on Carrier as well. There's plenty of youth, Dante Fabro, on the team. So there's plenty of youth here that has that potential to do that. Is there more opportunity for youth to make it in? Yes. I mean, you saw a prospect like uh, Igor Afanasyev. By the way, that's how you say his name, Igor Afanasyev. Just wanted to clear the air on that. Who is basically the, the, one of the last cuts out of training camp. He is going to see playing time. He's going to make his NHL debut this season. He is go absolutely going to, and the kid has earned it. And I cannot wait for more people to get to know him and his personality, as we've definitely experienced here yeah, in Comedy Box he Radio. He is fun, but you also just remember how we've seen in the past the experience that people get when they go down to Milwaukee is it's priceless we've seen it ultimately benefit so many players on the Nashville Predators current roster so patient you know be patience patient. patience so what excites me is seeing the young ones step up and being able to contribute to the team because they have to it's not just that they're going to be buried, but it is expected that Ellie Tolvanen should be playing a big role, especially in the power play. Philip Tomasino, and I like that potentially he'll be playing with Mr. Glass. <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but, Mr. but I, I like that potential. <laughs> Getting the youth together like that as well. I like the way the lines are setting up, given the talent this team has. I like the way the lines are setting up at the end of the preseason as well, where you're stacking it up with Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, and then you have Grenland out there with his line, but then you have Philip Tomasino with Mr. Glass. I do really like that as well and the potential that has. And then the fourth line, I think, is a fourth line that has a little bit more skill than what we'd see in a lot of other fourth lines throughout the league. You have guys that can 100% chip in every once in a while. What's the, what the big thing is going to be is can this team mesh together well enough to protect a lead when they have it, to score timely goals, to do all those things where there's going to be growing pains for some of these younger players out there to go and do that. So that's what excites me, is the youth movement happening. But I want to see more. I want to see more of this youth movement. I want to see Yurov Anasiev get a couple games. I'd love to see Connor Ingram get a few games in as well because he had a good preseason, and he's obviously going to be a great leader for the Milwaukee Admirals. Those are the things that excite me. What about you, Glenn? Obviously very excited about the youth movement as well, um, but I'm very, very excited about watching this new goaltending tandem going forward. I mean, this is – what's looking to be the future of the Nashville Predators and everybody that's been around for the decade of Pecorine being here. This is obviously a big transition for not only the fan base, but for the team. So I'm very curious and interested to watch the team as a whole kind of navigate through that new shift. Um, I know a lot of people have been trying to wrap their minds around what it's going to look like, but we all got a very, very good taste of who UC Saros is and I think that you should be very confident in that, but I'm super excited to watch this new tandem as they kind of embark on this new journey of their own careers. You know, he's going to become hopefully what we like to think the backbone of this team um, in the, in a way that Pecorine was. So it's just going to be a challenge. I know, but I'm excited because I feel like from what we've seen from the team thus far, they're up for that challenge. Like you said, depending on the youth now, it's not just them in this mix the team is dependent on them. And so I'm really excited about that, but but especially about this goaltending team. It's just going to be it's going to be cool to watch it start from the beginning, you know? And so speaking of excitement, just wanted to note this, that tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. on Robbie and Rex Road, make sure you're tuning in right here on 102.5 The Game for a special programming announcement. You don't want to miss that. It's 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 a big one. It's, it's a big one. So 8.30 a.m., Robbie and Rex Road here on 102.5 The Game. Up next, Scott Nickel, who has so many <laughs> titles, but most recently the new assistant general manager for the National Predators, joining us up next here on Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. 
Welcome back to Penalty Box Ready here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny taking care of the jams as we come in from break. Something <laughs> Justin Bradford did not do for me last year when we had to do this for Zoom. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I need that. It amps me it's up. It's the energy. Thank it's you. the energy. I know. So on the line with us right now, really excited to have him on, we have Scott Nickel, who is the man of many, many titles, but most recently promoted to the assistant general manager of the Nashville Predators. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Justin. Appreciate it. It must be nice to get back at it, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's extremely nice to be back in studio, uh, being in here and talking hockey, and really excited to have you on. So it's one of those things I'm sure there was a lot of excitement surrounding you and just in your career and what you've been able to do. How did this all come about? Because it's, it's one of those things, you, you're already general manager of the Milwaukee Admirals, director of player development everything too. So how did David Poyle kind of uh, approach you about this position, and how did that feel for you? No, it's a great honor for sure. I think just just our development team with myself and Jeff Kelty and and Brian Poyle and then David just kind of, you know, picking his brain and experience and, you know, just all the the situations and scenarios he's been through and um it, it was a it's a huge honor. It's a great honor. It's great to be, you know, my my day-to-day stuff's probably not going to change. It's just, you know, added another title, but we still do the same thing. We still bring different skill set to um, what we bring to the table, and um, it's been good. It's, I just got back from Milwaukee, so I've been there for the last probably 11 days, I think. We had our training camp going on there and then flew back for the home opener, and I'll go back there for our home opener on Saturday. Scott, we're obviously really excited for you here at Penalty Box Radio. Just speaking about the organization as a whole, what does it say about this organization that, you'll not only play for them in the past, and but then you'll accept a role within them, but also accept another role and then another role in that same organization. What does that say just about the Predators as a whole and your experience with them throughout your career? Well, I just think even if you listen to Matthias Ekholm's um, press conference today, it does feel like a, a family. You know, the organization, they, very, they, they want good people. They um, give a lot of you know, rope to people to, they trust people. They, it's just like a, I don't know. It's, it's funny. It's hard to put into words. It's just like a really family run organization that um, you want to be a part of and you want the organization to do well. You want the team to do well. You want your teammates to do well. Um, it's a, it's a very, you know, great culture that David has, you know, instilled here for many years. Even when I was a player, him and, um, and Trotsy, like they, they brought so much to the to the table of just you know maybe they didn't get the best players or the most skilled players that they were an expansion team back then. It wasn't they weren't paying six hundred million dollars to get an expansion team, so um, they had to they had to get the most out of everybody, and they did. And um, they just wanted everybody to feel like they had a I don't know like a chip in the in the game. Like if if they didn't play well or if they didn't come to work with a great attitude or work hard, then the the organization wouldn't do well. So it's a, um, they've really put the onus on the player and the, you know, just even the, the staff to, um, you buy in. That's, that's pretty much what it is. And, and things do, and yet they give you lots of opportunity and they trust your ability and you just go from there. 
And Scott, speaking of opportunity, we got to mention Afanasiev. Obviously, a lot of people are excited and eager to see what he's going to bring, not only to Nashville eventually, but to Milwaukee as well. It makes the most sense for him, obviously, at this point to get that experience in Milwaukee. Uh, this is something that we see year after year, ultimately benefits the players and the team as a whole in the long run. So just looking at his game so far, what are your overall thoughts on how he's going to benefit this Milwaukee lineup and ultimately the Predators lineup probably this season? Well, I think for Igor, like he came into camp. Uh, I think for him to go to KHL, play the World Juniors in the KHL, they went to the championship. He didn't play a whole lot, but he was a part of it. I think that just it grew his game. He got a little bit more mature, just practicing against the older guys. You can just see, like, he made a, a huge jump on his development, just, you know, having confidence in the puck, being harder on pucks, protecting pucks. He, he, everybody knows he loves to shoot the puck. So it was all the other things um, that it takes to play in the NHL. Um, he's a little bit of a perimeter player in, in junior. Now he's starting to get to the inside. He actually feels more comfortable on the inside with his with his big body. So he, he has lots of upside. I think we just, everybody just needs to, you know, let him, let him develop, let him just go through the process. Um, it just, you know, you don't want to put too much expectations on these kids. And, you know, on the other side, these kids have all played on a big stage before world juniors, like I said, KHL championship. So they're used to that pressure. We're just, you know, just let him kind of marinate and he's going to do well. He, he uh, got to Milwaukee, I think maybe three days ago, practiced a couple of times. We had a golf tournament there yesterday. His biggest attribute is, is just his personality and his, you know, positive. He's so easy to talk to. He's always, you know, got a smile on his face, and that's what you want. You want guys enjoying coming to the rink, enjoying putting their work boots on, enjoying competing in practice, and he does have that quality for sure. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Uh, Igor Afanasyev, one of the best personalities that I've ever seen in covering this sport, who's just happy to be playing the game, uh, but very much a competitor as well. So it's really, really fun to hear that from you too, Scott. Again, Scott Nickel, the assistant general manager for the National Predators, also the general manager of the Milwaukee Admirals, joining us on Penalty Box Radio. And Scott, looking at the Milwaukee Admirals, I'm, I'm sure it's exciting for those in Milwaukee and for those players and for the coaching staff. Uh, is there a little bit of a chip on the shoulder for some of the folks there because they did not play last season to really come out, especially given how the previous season ended where they're on such a big run and putting together such a great team? Is there kind of that chip on the shoulder mentality of, hey, we really have something to prove after how well they did before the, the pandemic started? Yeah, we had a – it was good. The buzz was great. We had an exhibition game in, in Milwaukee, and usually it's, uh, you know, exhibitions in the American Hockey League usually don't get too much – fanfare or game ops and they kind of they haven't done it in a while so they have their full-blown game ops going on so it was really nice it was nice to see you know the commitment and the energy and the passion of the Milwaukee staff putting it together um for me it was important to bring some of our guys back because we did have a, such a wagon team a couple of years ago where um you look at a lot of our guys moved on and went to the NHL it just so it was important for me to bring back the Schneiders and the Donovan's um, bring those kind of character guys back when we insulated them with, you know, the um, Matt Tennyson's and you have your Freddie Allarge and your Richard. So it was important that, you know, these guys are a huge part of the community and we haven't played in Milwaukee for, you know, 18 months. So the fans wanted to come back and see some familiar faces. And, you know, the American Hockey League is a lot of turnover just because of the, 
you know, development side of it with new new draft picks coming in and old draft picks moving on or moving up. So I think we have a really good balance. I think we have a – I could be a little biased because I put the team together, but I think we've got a, <laughs> a good uh, sense of, like, we got good size, we got great defense, we got – geez, we got really eight really good defensemen. Our, um, Connor Ingram is back to his – seems like his usual self. And then we got Devin Cooley, who's up and coming, really big athletic – big athletic goalie that can you know see where he goes so i'm just i'm excited i'm excited for our group and you know losing rem pitlick on the on waivers kind of hurt a little bit but we're super happy that's what we're here for is we're happy for him to get another kick at the can at the nhl level so um all is good but we haven't dropped the puck we play saturday so we'll why don't you call me on Sunday and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, for sure. So looking at the prospect pool too, as well, and, and showing too how that's continuing to build again. And it's been a few years. I know we, we've talked to David Pola about this multiple times, about rebuilding that cover after trading away draft picks. And now there really are some true good prospects in the system that are taking on leadership roles or assigning uh, deals real soon after they were drafted. I mean, Luke Evangelista with, with his role as a, as a leader uh, in London. Then you have uh, Jack Matias, Signing his deal, what does that show to the development and the way that you all have been able to draft now to get some of these players that soon after they're drafted or signing their deals because it's showing the commitment from the organization to that player? Yeah, it's good to see. Like you, you forget we haven't had development camp. Like we, right. we had the, we were probably one of maybe two or three teams that actually put a development camp together, and I thought that was very important for even just our staff. Like John Hines, our coach, he hasn't seen these kids. You know, we haven't had development camp. We, some of these kids, some of the college kids we haven't even seen, like Chase McLean, we drafted them and that group of college kids we haven't, they haven't been at our camp. So it was, I thought it was really important to bring these kids in, get to know them. Myself, my, my development staff with um, Sebastian Bordolo and Rob Scuderi, um, we have con, we have contact with them through Zoom and video and all that kind of stuff, but not the coaches and even to some degree, David Coyle, because we haven't had the, our, our management group because we haven't had development camp. So it was really nice to see these guys kind of measure up against their peers. And we did, it was just nice little tight, quaint kind of, I think we had 26 guys and every single guy was our draft pick. So, um, or one of the guys that played in, in our minor league system. So it was really, it was, it was great to see them. And then, and then those kids did really well, like, um, Matir had a really good camp. Evangelista, we signed him. He played a few games with us in Chicago. So we we did a good job last year with the pandemic of every single one of our prospects or any every single one of our guys that were drafted or signed, they played hockey last year, which was a tall order considering what was going on. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's, it's exciting to be watching this prospect pool and exciting to see all these guys getting opportunities and continuing to grow in the system. And congratulations again to you, Scott, on your recent promotion and just excited to see what happens with Milwaukee and the future of your career as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, folks. Scott Nickel, the Director of Player Development, the General Manager of the Milwaukee Admirals, and the newly promoted Assistant General Manager of the Nashville Predators. Big congratulations to him just growing up in the system and uh, obviously continuing to have a bright future ahead in his career to see where that goes in the next few years as well uh, in the National Hockey League. Okay, up next, let's talk about the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> we have Piper Shaw of Root Sports Northwest joining us to preview the Seattle Kraken, taking on the National Predators on opening night, and just to talk about the excitement of another expansion 
team joining the NHL. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny, who is feeling it behind the glass. Love that, love that. Before we get started, just had a message come in and want to just give a shout out to the biggest Kraken fan here in Nashville, and that is Cody Air Coco Litweiler. That, that's... He's, he's a big fan. Okay. He said, good luck. They're going to need it. That's <laughs> what somebody oh. said. So they live here in um, Nashville? Yeah, live here in Nashville. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Look at them. I think his friends are just messing with him, but they okay. asked me to say that. Yeah. Anyways, lo- looking forward it. to learning more about the NHL's newest team. I love it when hockey continues to grow and gets an opportunity to grow. And they already have a great hockey market there in Seattle and roots of hockey in that area. But now the NHL is going to be there big time. So joining us now to talk about the Seattle Kraken is Piper Shaw of Root Sports Northwest. Piper, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, you guys. How we doing? Oh, we're, we're doing great because <laughs> there's actually a home game here tomorrow. But I wanted to ask you, how just unnerving is it to have to wait so many games for there to be a first home game up in Seattle? You know, from my perspective, I don't know if I would say it's too unnerving. I feel like if you are the Kraken, then starting your first season ever out with, you know, a very long road trip maybe isn't ideal. But I also think that, you know, it's kind of just part of the way of the world right now with all sports. But with hockey, we've seen teams rolling with the punches, playing in a bubble. So I think it's just, you know, it's being new and, uh, just doing what you can right now, right? Absolutely, Piper. And congratulations on this new start for you. For those who are not familiar with your start in hockey, so just kind of give us a little bit of a rundown. Where were you before this? And when did you know that this role with Root Sports was something that that you wanted to pursue? Well, so I'm originally from Minnesota. I'm a native Minnesotan. I am born and raised in St. Cloud, Minnesota, which if anybody is not familiar with St. Cloud, or even if you are, The only thing there is college hockey. It's hockey, (laughs) hockey, St. Cloud State hockey. So I literally grew up living, eating, breathing college hockey specifically. And, of course, the Minnesota Wild are, um, you know, an hour and a half up the road when I'm growing up or, you know, once they became a team later, ripped the North Stars. But uh, anyway, so hockey (laughs) is just – it's a way of life in Minnesota. I couldn't believe when I moved to Washington that like, we don't have high school hockey here. Like that just blew my mind. (laughs) But, uh, um, after I graduated college, I went to Wisconsin and initially I worked in local news, but I had an incredible opportunity to join the Wisconsin Badgers broadcast crew covering Wisconsin hockey for Fox sports, Wisconsin, which is now Valley sports, Wisconsin. Um, So I primarily worked in kind of a typical sideline reporter between the benches role. Um, But then I also was producing and hosting intermission content for our broadcast. So, you know, NHL, you've got like a whole intermission report team. You don't quite have that level of production (laughs) in college hockey. Um, So I was, you know, we were doing fun features with the team, day in the life stuff, that kind of thing. So I knew that I wanted to work in a role where I was working in hockey but also that I was doing 
more than just um, sideline reporting, not to say that that's just anything, but I just wanted to do something a little bit more creative too. So this has been such an awesome opportunity for me because I'm hosting and producing um, our weekly magazine show featuring the Kraken. So it's called Inside Kraken Hockey. Our first one runs on Saturday. So that's just a really awesome opportunity to get to be creative and we're, you know, pitching and talking about packages and just different kind of stories we want to do and getting to work with the team in a different way. So um, I am super excited. I literally told everybody that I talked to for the last two and a half years when I was in Wisconsin, I want to go to Seattle and work for that new team. That is what I want to do. And I have had so many incredible people behind me on this, and I literally can't believe that we're here now. So it's such an awesome opportunity and a dream come true. I love it. And so looking at the city as a whole, and even just the culture, I mean, like Justin mentioned, it's obvious how much this city has already embraced this team. So just for you personally, what excites you the most about being part of this inaugural season in this city to watch it all from the very, very beginning? You know, it's just that, just what Justin said, what you just said. I can't believe how people have embraced city in this or hockey in this city. It is incredible. Like, I'm from Minnesota. Obviously, hockey is huge, but there's so many different things that people are fans of, and there's a bunch of sports to pick from in Minnesota to be a diehard fan from. Not so much the case here since the Sonics left. You know, it's kind of just been Mariners and Seahawks country, so people are so excited to have hockey here. And even though, you know, we kind of toe this line of teaching the game but not, you know, belittling anybody who doesn't know the game obviously um people are so excited to learn it even if they don't know it or to convert to being fans cracking fans if they were uh, a lot of like san jose sharks fans kind of around here and a ton of canucks fans or kind of a thing so that's been so cool and i don't think that the you know the incredible colors and branding certainly hasn't hurt you see people all over <laughs> town in their jerseys and in their cracking merch and uh I can see why, because it's beautiful stuff. Oh, absolutely. I, I really did like it. And from the get-go, I really like the name Seattle Kraken. We talked about this on the show a long time ago, about the different top names. When I was rumored, it was that. I was like, I love that because you can do so much with it, especially in the Pacific Northwest. But, again, Piper Shaw, Root Sports Northwest, joining us on Penalty Box here to talk about the Seattle Kraken. And let's let's look at the roster now and for this team and expectations and everything like that for, for the Seattle Kraken. And the Kraken took a little bit different approach than the Las Vegas Golden Knights did uh, when it came to building their team. And, and we're seeing some of those things affect the Golden Knights now in terms of trying to go all in at the start, but the Kraken look to be building for the future as well, but also going to be competitive and looking at a lot of the players that they chose in the expansion draft and, and free agency and everything of that sort. What are you looking at with this roster of a player that maybe was a little overshadowed on a previous team, but had the potential to really step out that could surprise people and be a true leader when it comes to production on this team this season? To be honest, you know, I think one of the big question marks that a lot of hockey people had once you know, the expansion draft was over was just who's going to be the top point producer here? Because, I mean, the, the guy that they brought in who had the most points in the previous season was Jordan Everly with 33 points. And, you know, that's nothing necessarily to scoff at, but maybe it's not something that you're pasting all over your brand, right, as your top point getter. Um, but I think that there's actually been a lot of guys who have stepped up, maybe surprisingly, maybe not. I think Morgan Geeky has been – 
um, maybe a welcomed surprise. He's super young. He had only played in, I think, four NHL games before this, and he's been great for the Kraken in preseason. And last night, you know, he had that absolute laser against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, Ryan Donato, he had the very first Kraken goal in history last night, and he's been just solid. Um, McCann and Schwartz uh, and Eberle, they've all just been pretty consistent. I think Schwartz has had some really um, clutch plays. So I think, you know, it's it's kind of maybe a similar situation that you guys are in with, with the Preds, where it's like, you know, we need some of our guys to really start putting up points, and we need to see who's going to you know, rise to the top here and be those difference makers. Um, but so far, I mean, I've been personally, I was pretty impressed with Vince Dunn's game in the preseason. He's, he's a defenseman, but he had a few goals and he played really aggressively, picked a fight or two, you know. So I think one of the biggest things, which isn't, you know, this isn't new or rocket science, but one of the biggest things and challenges that the Kraken are going to have is just building that team chemistry and establishing a culture of the team and in the locker room and finding those roles as players and being flexible because the coaches have been pretty much blending up their lines and their pairs, obviously week to week, practice to practice. And then they had um, a handful of guys out on COVID protocol just yesterday. And then we're able to fly in for the game. So you never you know, right now they don't really know exactly what their lines and their pairs are looking like. Um, so being flexible and just liking each other and wanting to play for each other, I think that's when we're going to see who's going to rise to the top here. Oh, no no doubt about that. And then looking like you were saying about getting that energy, the chemistry in the room, this team has a couple guys that have been all the way. They've won Stanley Cups, and they're wearing A's. I mean, you have Yanni Gord, who did that with Tampa. You have Jaden Schwartz, who did that with St. Louis. How much of a factor do you think that's going to play in? Because, I mean, when you look at some other expansion teams a long time ago, like in the 90s, you didn't always have that. You didn't have those players available. You really did have the bottom guys that necessarily weren't even cup winners or leaders on the team. But now you have – there's two players at least. I mean, haven't had a chance to go through the whole roster. But those two players wearing A's that have won Stanley Cups very recently, and how much of a difference is that going to make to help with that leadership and building the room up? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, your captain is – Mark Giordano, who hasn't won a Stanley Cup, I don't believe, uh, but he is—he he was with the Calgary Flames for 15 years, their captain for eight years. So that, I think, is just one person. He's uh, a very steadfast kind of guy, and I think that they've made the right choice with making him their captain. But you're right in that they have some of those guys who've been, you know, who are Stanley Cup winners. And they also have Philip Grubauer, who won a Stanley Cup. That doesn't hurt to have your, you know, probably starting goaltender being a Stanley Cup winner. Um, So I think that having that experience helps, um, obviously, just guys who've been there. But I also think that some of perhaps the, the perception could be that, these were guys who were available to be taken in the expansion draft because perhaps their teams weren't, you know, seeing what they saw from them back then. Uh, and that's not always the case. You know, I'm not, I'm certainly not hating on any of these um, incredible athletes, but it is something um, that can serve them. But at the same time, they're in a completely different franchise organization culture. They all are new to this city, new to each other for the most part. So um, I think when you have that leadership and that experience, does it help? Sure. But it's a whole different ball game in a whole different city and franchise and group of guys. So 
uh, kind of got to roll with it and uh, find your gel. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Well, I know we're both very excited because we just love seeing the sport grow and cannot wait for hockey to grow there too, to where high school hockey is growing, to where there's even more. There's local junior teams, just like here in Nashville. It takes a generation, but you see high school hockey doing really well. You see junior hockey programs here in Nashville, and I cannot wait to see that happening in Seattle so we can go up there and just be inundated with hockey all, all around the place in Seattle. So, so jealous of you to be able to cover that and be a part of that, that opening time there in Seattle, and wish you the the best of luck and so much excitement and experience this season piper thank you so much and thank you guys for having me on absolutely piper shaw root sports northwest doing so much to cover the seattle kraken up there it's going to be a a great fun season just for hockey and folks just love seeing hockey grow that's what it's all about is growing the sport and you can tell just with what piper's doing there is going to grow the sport in the pacific northwest which is just exciting to see okay up next glenn and i are going to make some some of our predictions for the season but hey If you want to call in and give us your quick prediction for the season, it could be a hot take, it could be a a truly honest take, what you think will happen, give us a call, 615-737-1025. We're going to open the lines for the last segment. I'd like two callers would be great, just just two, just give me two. 615-737-1025, give us your prediction for the season coming up for the Nashville Predators, and we'll give you ours. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio and ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny. I miss this so much. Oh, he misses my dancing. I know, right? Man, it feels good. It, it does. Feels good. It feels right. Gang's it all here. Right. Gang's all here. All right. We're going to get into some of our season predictions and not necessarily just running through who's going to win the division. I'm just curious on either any random predictions that we may have here. Glenn's giving me these no, big no, eyes no. like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> but if you have a hot take prediction of something you think is going to happen this season for the Preds, give us a call. Seriously, just one or two, one or two. Do you have a hot take, Justin? Are nah. you just itching to Do get Do I hot take? Chest? I don't hot take. I know. That's why I asked you. It was Sarcasm. Uh-huh. Sarcasm. Sarc- sarcasm. <laughs> 615-737-1025. Give us a call with one of your hot take predictions. It's early, folks. Come on. Don't, don't that's be what shy. Makes, Give us a call. That's what makes these predictions fun because yeah. it's so early that nobody knows. So everybody's just talking. That's true. That's true. Well, what is one of your predictions? It doesn't have to be like outlandish well, yeah, or anything. Yeah, there's nothing outlandish about it. I'm just going into this season with more questions than I have the last few seasons. Okay. Forsberg still being in question, unsure of how productive a Ryan Johansson or a Matt Duchesne is going to be. I mean, not that I'm, I'm not saying I don't have confidence in the team, but if I can get to the confidence level of John Hines and David Poyle with where they're at right now, with what they've seen, they Mm -hmm. talked about how they feel very accomplished after training camp. They accomplished what they came to do and there's a confidence in that. And so, I mean, if, if they're accurate, they're right in their evaluation, I think I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. But I'm just going right. into the season just with more question. But on the flip side of that, my my prediction that totally contradicts my question, <laughs> which is what I do, is that them becoming a younger team and the youth 
being depended upon more, I think, pushes a Ryan Johansson or a Matt Duchesne to be better. It better. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, that could be a very big problem. But I think that that could do that. So I think that in that way, it could give us something very positive to look forward to. But I'm just going in with a lot of questions, you know? (laughs) We'll see if they can answer. The tone of your voice right there. <laughs> a lot of questions. Just a Tell lot of questions. Now. But here's one of my league predictions. Mm-hmm. The Vegas Golden Knights will lose in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. Because the Pacific is weak overall. They'll- you don't talk about the Kraken like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be a season thing now, isn't it? Uh, but I... <laughs> I do think that the Kraken make the playoffs. <laughs> I think they'll make the playoffs as a wild card. I think they'll I, be a surprise. I, I can get on board with that. But the Vegas Golden Knights will not lose to the Kraken in, mm-hmm. in the playoffs. But I do think the Vegas Golden Knights will lose in the first round to the wild card from the Central. That comes out from the Central. Oh, that's very specific. Because Vegas has been teetering on this time bomb mm-hmm. of going all in and they're running out of assets. They're running out of space to be able to do this and to be able to pull it off mm-hmm. because their 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 window was right off the bat. Their window was open, and now it's slowly starting to Is close. that what sound it made? That's the sound it makes. A little, <laughs> little greasy on the hinges there. So that's, that's one of my predictions as well. Uh, I believe here, here's one of my predictions about the Predators. They'll miss the playoffs. I think they were just going to squeak in. And they'll only miss the playoffs in the last two games of the season. Is when we'll know. Oh, that's brutal. I know I'm predicting heartbreak. That is. Don't do that yet. I think they're going to be like. They're going to be a bubble team. Fourth, and, I don't know. See, it's difficult because it's tricky. the team could turn it on and make a run. And you have. It, this team does not make the playoffs unless Yusuf Saros was able to repeat something similar to what he did last year. They mm-hmm. just don't have the offensive power to do that. But they absolutely could squeak in. If Yusuf Saros just stands on his head again and is able to, to put it up yeah. uh, again, that is that is the only way right then. What I prefer to happen is a lot of young guys get experience and they're able to still trade away a few assets and get more in return as well. I've been saying that and people are probably rolling their eyes at me by now, but I'd really like to see more of a rebuild in this to where you, you're preparing for the future for three years down the road. You really could reopen a window and have more assets in the tank just replenishing you. That would be so fantastic just for what this team could do to get top draft picks and potentially have some of these top-end guys going out there. But on the positive side of that, I do think Luke Cunning, not Tomasino or Cody Glass or Ellie mm-hmm. Tolvanen, I think Luke Cunning is going to come out as one of the top young players in terms of production. Mm-hmm. I think he I it's it's there for him with what he might be able to do. He's playing a very physical preseason as well, but he has the potential of a player that could put up 20 goals. I think he's a player that could put up 20 goals and maybe 40 points. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that from Luke Cunning. I think he has the, the, the opportunity to do that as well, especially if he's getting potential power play minutes and he's playing on the second line as well. I think he, out of the young players of forwards, he's going to be the one with the most production. I can see that. Which is going to only strengthen that second line to, should, yeah. I mean, they'll, you know, the second that you see somebody start to take off like that, it has an effect on everybody around them. And so it could be a positive, um, you know, for Grandland and Tolvanen. It's, mm-hmm. it's good because you see you, you gave the, oh, maybe worst case scenario, but then also the positive. So that's what's so exciting about this time of year is that anything can happen. We don't know. And everything that you said is true and valid about what this could potentially do. Let them get experience. 
but you could also turn around and they could have their best season ever. You, you just don't they could. know. They could. Okay. Uh, some teams have played one game. So what? who's your Stanley Cup uh, prediction? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Obviously, it's the Seattle Kraken. Okay, calm down. Hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I think I think one of the underdog favorites should be the New York Islanders. Barry you Trotz. think they're an underdog? I don't see them as an underdog. Underdog because they're not going to get talked about enough. Well, most Barry Trotz teams don't until they do. Exactly, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like they're yeah. going to be an underdog in terms of like coverage because people are going to be talking about all these other teams that's out true. there. But I think the Islanders are that secret team, mm-hmm. quote unquote, secret team that are going to make that run. Which I would love to see. They, they have everything in place. They really yeah. do have everything in place to actually make a run. Uh, a t- <laughs> no surprise here. I do believe that Buffalo uh, will finish at the bottom. Well, obviously. I think everybody would think that. Right? Oh, we actually we do have, have, we have a caller. Thanks for showing up. Hey, I really enjoy the show. I just Thank you. heard about, you know, we're re, you know trying to rebuild the team with younger players, but yet... You know, we brought in five or six players that made an you know, immediate impact after the first year. But, I mean, why didn't we work up the money to keep Eric Holla? He's a young, rising star player. I mean, that, to me, was was not a good decision. I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts. Yeah, appreciate you calling in. It, it was curious because Holla, especially after the trade deadline, he turned it on. And he was one of those guys that was saying, trade him. Trade him trade for a fifth-round something. But then as soon as the trade deadline passed and it was like, oh, I'm safe now, he turned it on and he became one of the better forwards for the team. Not necessarily always production, but in terms of being in the right spot, making things happen, things like that. I think it became a space issue. They were looking for who's going to fill in the rest of the roster. And I believe it came down to they were basically choosing Mikhail Granlund over Eric Halla. That's what it came down to. They, they wanted uh, Granlund more than they wanted Halla. Uh, so I would have liked to have seen it because Halla, I think, fit in the bottom six quite well. Uh, but that's what it came down to. And yeah. That's just what it really was, was a spacing issue. So appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much for listening. We got one. We got we one. Did. All Yay. right, folks, it is time for us to head out. We'll be, be we'll be back next week. So glad to be back in studio. And thank you, thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with us. Thank you to producer Kenny. And for Glenn Blackwell, this is Justin Bradford. Thanks so much for listening to Penalty to Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.